This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. While all healthcare institutions exist as part of a larger community and as such have a responsibility to become an active partner in pursuing the health and well-being of the community that it serves. Upstate Medical University is doing just that through its Healthy Neighbors Partnership with the Syracuse Housing Authority. And here to tell us more about this important initiative is Connie Gregory. She's a resident engagement specialist for the Healthy Neighbors Partnership, and Aldrin Ashan Katai. He's a project support specialist also for the Healthy Neighbors Partnership. Welcome to you both. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. So, Connie, let me start with you. Help us be, let's begin by explaining what is the Healthy Neighbors Partnership? Okay, Healthy Neighbors Partnership is a partnership between SUNY Upstate and the Syracuse Housing Authority. Um, it is governed by an advisory board, which is again made up of upstate uh, personnel, the housing personnel, and uh, resident tenant associations. And the purpose of the partnership is to help reduce, reduce health disparities in the public housing, which is located at 15 different facilities. We started with the ones closest to upstate, which would be Pioneer Homes, and then uh, we just expanded to Toomey Abbott and Elmas. Oliver Towers, which so is these, Birch Street. These are housing projects, housing mm -hmm. environments, mm -hmm. Syracuse housing environments that really represent the community that surrounds upstate. That's right. And what you're suggesting is that there have been disparities in terms of the health care and even the health of those community members. That's right. And so your effort is to... Well, Upstate's effort is to outreach the people in the community, make them aware of some of the resources that are available within their their own uh, doorstep, right in their own doorstep. And a lot of times people don't access a lot of the resources that Upstate has. So the partnership was started to reach out to our neighbors and to also um, help them to access resources. And we do that through a program, um, through some outreach programs. We do it through a program called the Resident Health Advocates. So tell us, I mean, you are a resident health advocate. What does that mean and what does that mean that you do? Okay, a resident health advocate is a resident of the housing authority, which they've been trained, they've been recruited and trained by upstate staff and also by some of our resource partners. And they've been trained on different chronic uh, health diseases, um, social conditions such as, say, domestic violence. We brought in resources to talk about that. So the resident health advocates are trained in a variety of issues so that they can go out and educate their neighbors. The thought is that the resident health advocates, because they live in the neighborhood, their neighbors are more apt to hear and respond and believe what they're told versus having me, an outsider, come down to talk to them about health issues. So the bottom line is, there's, there's a concept here, Aldrin, help us with this. The concept is, I guess, one of trust, familiarity. Tell me more about that. Yeah, definitely. We understand that uh, to a wide extent, people are more apt to listen to people that they can relate to, people that they know and they've built a rapport with for a long period of time. So we understand that there's a huge divide uh, between uh, healthcare and health practitioners with res and residents. And especially in the inner city right now. Especially in the inner city. And we found through uh, looking at the Boston model that the resident health advocate program is extremely effective in being able to relay information to residents who are competent enough to be able to share that information to other residents that aren't really affiliated in, in that extent. So you alluded to the Boston model. So yeah. is, there, is there research or is there something supporting this whole concept 
Tell us a little bit more yeah, about Yeah, there's that. a lot of research supporting it. Uh, within the Boston model, they've shown that uh, through collaboration between health institutions and residents, uh, health organizations are able to really leverage resources better and also to present and through forming a dynamic collaboration with the residents, they're able to really work together and appreciating the health conditions of people living within uh, local community areas. So it strikes me that one of the biggest underlying kind of factors that you keep kind of coming back to is this yeah. notion of trust. Yeah. Because it strikes me that for people to make change or even be open to um, looking at their own health issues or perhaps the, the factors that are limiting their health, yeah. you know, maybe bad habits, right. what have you, yeah. they need to be able to trust their, their health providers but also be able to trust that the process will um, not harm them, but in fact help them. I Tell think there's a lot, of, a lot of distrust in different communities when they have very limited access to doctors or they only see a doctor um, in an emergency type situation. And one of the things that uh, the Healthy Neighbors Partnership in this process tries to do is educate the residents about preventative care and about primary care physicians, about the importance of preventing illnesses. And they receive that a lot better from someone who lives next door versus someone from upstate or someone from outside, they, somebody that they perceive as an outsider. So the Boston model that um, Alden alluded to is one of many, it's Boston Medical University, and they had a program with the public housing in the city of Boston, which is huge, and our program is modeled after that. And what we do, um, we train the resident health advocates, so they have some, a little limited medical information, but they have a lot of uh, experience in outreach, and uh, their, their strength is really to be able to reach the community. So they help us by doing surveys to see what medical issues the residents are really concerned with. They help do outreach. And so when we address medical issues, there are issues that are identified by the residents. It's not upstate directed so much as responding to what the residents have identified. This year, one of the big ones was diabetes. Several of the residents and the uh, president of the tenant or people in the tenant association identified diabetes as an issue. So that was something that we responded to by having a health fair. And we brought in people from Jocelyn Diabetes Center to talk about diabetes. And so that's, a, that's how it works. Um, so it's really a matter of trust. It's really, they, they, the resident advocates have the trust of the people. And it's a big educational effort, it's it sounds like. It's a huge educational effort. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen along with Connie Gregory and Aldrin Ashan Katai from Upstate's Healthy Neighbors Partnership. And we're talking about Upstate's health advocacy program. So I guess um, with all of this effort, both in the Boston model, but also here, have you seen? I mean, what what have you seen? What's been the response? What's you know? What are the outcomes so far? Either one of you. One of the major outcomes is one of the major programs is mm -hmm. the She Matters program, definitely, which definitely. I can really talk yeah, about. I can definitely yeah, talk ahead. about the She Matters program. It's so called She Matters. It's called She Matters, and that so means She Matters is a breast cancer awareness and outreach program. And what we're trying to do is that we're trying to really reach out to women over the age of forty, uh, African American primarily, and educate them about risk factors in regards to uh, becoming diagnosed with breast cancer and also encouraging them to go and get their mammograms because it's recommended that they go on an annual basis to go and get screened. So this level of work, we've been really able to uh, 
make it uh, make a huge impact within the community by using our resident health advocates. So have you seen a response? I mean, a, a comparable response? There's been a huge response. Wonderful. It's been significant within, within the community. Uh, she Matters right now is a huge, widely recognized program that we have going on through Pioneer Homes. As Connie mentioned, we've uh, currently reached out to Tumiabi and almost all of her towers. Those are two other locations. Two other locations, mm -hmm. and we've been able to have a significant, large amount of, great amount of people uh, going and getting their mammograms, which is wonderful. And people have now understand and understood that we're more than just a, uh, an awareness and informational program, but now we're also a, a support a support group. And offering for, services. And offering, offering services, services yeah. yeah, which is wonderful. I think one of the points that, that you made earlier, Connie, was this whole idea of access. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that that ignorance in some cases limits access, right. but also somehow uh, experience mm -hmm. or lack of experience right. limits right. access. And what you guys are doing, it mm -hmm. sounds like, through this program is really opening doors, making the pathways clear, and in mm -hmm. some sense holding the hand of holding someone the hand. Definitely. to walk along. Right. Come with me, neighbor. Right. I'll right. show you the way kind exactly. of thing. And the, and the services are there, but exactly. they, this is an important thing right. for them to right. access. So do you think, well, in your experience with all of this, mm -hmm. What exactly, let me get back to this first. Aldrin, exactly what is your role particularly in this whole thing as a project support, support specialist. specialist? So I'm one of the coordinators of the programs that we currently have created through the Healthy Neighbors Partnership. So right now we have three dynamic programs. We have She Matters, as I mentioned, the Breast Cancer Health and Awareness Program. We have uh, Storytime, which is a youth literacy program within Pioneer Homes. Wow. Yeah, we understand that literacy levels are extremely low nationally as well as within the community here in Syracuse. So we're really trying to uh, leverage the help of uh, residents to be able to encourage more reading amongst parents and youth. And also, What's interesting though is that's interesting because that impacts so many things. That's not just health, it's kind of mental health, it's everything, education, every, it's it awareness. It encompasses everything. everything, you know, their entire uh, well-being, well so you know, in life. And you know, their ability to really take care of their family suit really becomes dependent on their literacy levels. Mm -hmm. and, and then health literacy plays into that because if you're, if you're not literate, then health literacy is totally, totally <laughs> low. And across the United States, of course, health literacy is a huge issue. So in Pioneer Homes through Storytime, which is really an intergenerational reading hour that we do once a month, we bring in some guest readers, some from upstate, some other uh, people come in and read. The children go away with a fr with several free books, Wonderful. a little mm -hmm. snack, the parents, and it's always with a parent. So we've been running that for, I would think, before I even got here, they've been running the story time for about three years, and it has, is yeah. expanding. We coordinated with SUMI EOC on an event last month where we had the zoo come out. So it's really to encourage parents to read to their children so they're ready for kindergarten yeah. and then help with health literacy. Yeah, and not only in the part of the children, but also maybe encouraging the literacy within the with parents. With the adults, definitely. We have well. adult book giveaway as well. Yeah, yeah we yeah. do. And it's non-threatening. That's the big thing. It's really a non-threatening way. So when you speak literacy. about threatening, I want to get back mm -hmm. to another concept here. Definitely, in your definitely. experience in working in this community with the, your population, or I, I think this really has ramifications to all people, mm -hmm. but I'm going to start with this. Do you think that people have an issue in terms of talking about medical or health issues with people and trusting that they can open up about concerns they may have? Is that something that you found? And if so, what makes a difference? I think definitely, definitely. I mean, especially with uh, the breast cancer program, yeah, people aren't 
so readily open to sharing information about, you know, what their status is and what they've uh, gotten really treated for in the past. Or even being afraid if or, they, it strikes me, if somebody may find a lump. Right. Definitely. And may not, maybe be too afraid right. to even discuss it. Right. Exactly, exactly. There's a lot of cultural differences too. I think culture plays a big part in that. How so? Tell me more In terms that. of the language, a lot of the language, there are different beliefs about different diseases in various communities, not only African American communities, but different communities. And the way that people believe about the diseases, sometimes they have a fatalistic approach to life. If God's Some, ready yeah, to take I'm ready, me. I'm ready. Yeah. So trying to overcome those, it really is helpful that the resident health advocates know those people. They oftentimes go to church together, mm. go to community events together, so they know if the per they have an idea of how that person's going to respond. And have you found that in that circumstance there is more of this readiness, people will open up and come through? And are there, I understand with the She Matters program yeah. you have numbers, mm -hmm. But at this point in your in your study or in your program, can you see that outcomes have changed? I think some of the outcomes, I think one of the other programs that we didn't mention yet was the Sister Serving Sisters, which is a women's support group where they're also getting additional health information. And so I believe you can see the outcomes there because of the increased number of women that are going to support groups. And with She Matters, the increased number of women who are going for their mammograms and the repeat mammograms. So there are, there are numbers. Um, and it is improving and increasing, and we're doing more and more research to, to build the numbers so well, we can really see. In any case, mm -hmm. it sounds like, just from, it seems common sense-wise, yeah. it sounds like a real win-win type mm -hmm. of an, uh, outreach and environment, you know, I mean, opportunity and initiative. So I want to thank you both for coming in and sharing all of it with us. Thank it's you. very exciting. You so Maybe much. you'll come back and give us more information Love at some to. point if you have something to share about your, you know, your outcomes and uh, of that nature. Anyway, my guests have been Connie Gregory. She's a resident engagement specialist for the Healthy Neighbors Partnership, and Aldrin Ashan Katai. He's a support, a project support specialist, also for the Healthy Neighbors Partnership for Upstate Medical University and the Syracuse Housing Authority. Once again, thanks for coming in. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. I'm Linda Cohen. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.